welcome to the Flex Success Podcast, where we teach you how to be less shit. Covering all things science relating to nutrition, training, recovery, and more. Who knows, we might even sprinkle in a dick joke or two. <laughs> Do you go to your girlfriend and just be like, oh, can you just suck on your tampon again and just get those minerals back? Like, that's not really how it works, but you no. know, different people have their different ideals and their different ethics. That's the um, most disgusting example. <laughs> that's going to go, that's going to be the little clip that I put at the start. Welcome back, everyone. We have a very special guest today, uh, and that is Flex Success Coach Nick. Welcome. Thanks for having me. That was like a deaf applause. Yes, it was. Um, And you are all the way in Berlin, Germany. I am. Still. You've been there a while now, haven't you? Yeah, almost uh, two and a half years now. Yeah, cool. Love it. And you're there for, tell us why. Uh, Initially, I moved over here to play rugby. um, And I'm still here just because because I'm too injured to play rugby at the moment. But I assume at some point I'll recover enough to get back into playing rugby. Yeah, just take a lot of drugs and you'll be fine. <laughs> I know. Well, I haven't seen anyone get tested over here, so there's a, a few questionable. Don't. I haven't seen anyone over here get tested, and there's a oh, few no questionable uh, players in some of the teams. So, mm. right. There's a uh, there's a trick within the natural bodybuilding uh, federations in Australia where they, is that trick not to be natural? No, the trick is they <laughs> claim that they test. They either have a room with a sign on it that says they're testing, but nobody ever enters the room. Right. Or they take your piss and then they tip it down the sink. So, oh, so like to... professional cycling and the Olympics and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Man, <laughs> so um, it's kind of funny. Like there's this perception of testing even in natural sports now that people will just assume they're telling the truth when they're not. I reckon though that's a good deterrent. It, it definitely is, unless you mm. know. Yeah, unless you know. Yeah. That's good. You know, then you can Unless just... you know brothers as well. Yeah, yeah, Broderick <laughs> Chavez, the man to help natural uh, athletes not be natural yes. <laughs> and get away with it. The man that understands the test. <laughs> um, in, in more ways than one, that's like a double one. He does, he needs mm. that as one of a tattoo on his leg or something. I've even made a dad joke before about pissing, but you guys missed it. Sorry, what was Hopefully it? the listeners got it. No, it's, 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 it's gone. Okay, I'll have to listen back <laughs> and try and get the joke. The joke was so funny, we didn't even laugh. You just moved, you carried on. <laughs> So, uh, sorry, to get into the podcast, we have derailed ourselves yes. a little bit. Tell us already. who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Yes, already. Uh, I am Nick. I'm a Flex Success coach. Um, that's probably the main thing I do as far as work is concerned, um, and also as far as my career and where I want it to go is concerned. Um, I do a bunch of stuff outside of that. Um, but none of it's really relevant to the uh, podcast. So um, why do I, why am I a flex success coach? Basically you guys emailed me and said, Hey, do you want to be a flex success coach? No, um, <laughs> I, I, um, I was already working as a nutritionist and a, as a um, personal trainer and as a coach. And I just love helping people. I did it for free for a very, very long time. And it's just something that I really get a lot out of um, as far as helping people. And then in the same way, because I have that attitude, um, you know, as a lot of coaches do, you kind of um, gravitate towards other people who have that similar sort of attitude and are looking to actually make a positive change um, in people's lives and even in the industry as a whole um, where possible. Mm. Love it. And therein is us. Therein is us. And that's, yeah, that's why I'm here. Yeah, so it was either Flex Success or uh, Herbalife that you were tossing up between. And was, thankfully you landed on us. That was yeah, a joke. You guys paid more. Yeah. <laughs> Far out. That's because all Herbalife keep all their money in the margin. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's funny. Um, now, there were so many awesome topics that we could delve into. And when we were discussing what our main topic would be, we landed on veganism um, because as a vegan coach yourself, not only do you have kind of the knowledge behind it, but also the practical applications. So do you want to walk us through, you know, reasons 
why people would choose to be vegan or vegetarian, but also reasons why people choose to be, but where that may be misled a little bit. Just jump in for a second, just for the people that are home. We're not saying that Nick coaches vegans. Sorry, he... Although he may. Yeah. But rather that Nick is actually vegan and he coaches individuals. So he has both uh, realms covered, I guess you could say. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I meant that some coaches understand veganism and like supplementation and stuff, but mm. don't actually put that into practice themselves because they Absolutely. aren't vegans. So what I meant by that is Nick understands the science behind it, but also like, uh, you know, where people could go wrong or the, the trickinesses. Mm. Is that a word? Trickinesses? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is now. It's in the dictionary. Look it <laughs> up, guys. Yeah, comment on the, uh, on the podcast if you found out it was or wasn't. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, as you kind of said, I've kind of got experience in all of that. I don't eat animal products. I don't like using the word vegan. Um, and it's pretty much because vegans have ruined it. Um, mm. so I don't, I just like to say, I don't eat animal products. Um, and I also coach people who identify as vegan and I also coach people who don't. Um, and I kind of cover that base specifically, um, just with a little bit more experience on my end of having actually done it. Um, yeah, but I'm not specifically, it's not like I'm turning people down because they eat animals. <laughs> we can't afford to do that at Flex. Um, <laughs> Not true. We're millionaires. <laughs> now, um, but, um, how long have you been vegan for? Uh, coming up on two and a bit years now. So pretty much the whole time I've been in Berlin. But before that, I was vegetarian for a long time and even like on and off as a teenager. Mm. And why did um, you choose that lifestyle? Um basically like when I was a teenager I started off by not wanting to eat veal or lamb because I was like oh baby animals and then I was like wait what about the adult animals <laughs> and it kind of just progressed from there um there's a long time where I considered um you know completely stopping all animal products and before I actually had a knowledge in nutrition I couldn't see a way where that was actually a viable option and to maintain my performance goals because obviously um, you know, there's been points in my adult life where rugby has been my only source of income and I didn't really want to risk that, which, you know, when you don't know the differences and how to do it properly, it's, you know, it seems like a lot of, well, until game changes, but, um, it seems like from what most people are saying, um, that you can't maintain performance as a vegan. So that was your uh, concern that your performance would drop if you turned vegan. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So basically, there was a while there where I was considering other... I haven't turned those lights on. Um, yeah, I there's a while there. those lights behind you flashing, mm. and I thought, is there a Yeah. And there might be a ghost, because I actually haven't turned them on. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so there was a while there where I put my performance in front of my ethics, I guess you would say. Um, and then as I learned more about nutrition and performance and how it all goes together... I eventually learned that I didn't need to do that anymore. And now I'm here. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so talk us through the reasons why some people might turn vegan or vegetarian and how that may be a bit misled. Because clearly what you're saying is that you're, you've chosen this from an ethical standpoint, mm. but people choose to be vegan or vegetarian for other reasons. So talk us through those. Yeah, like there's not many people out there that choose to be vegan or vegetarian off their own back like with no external influence um and the external influence is usually um for health now there's people saying for performance um and there's also ethical reasons and i like from what i understand in the science the only uh one of those reasons that actually has any bearing is uh for ethical reasons um and that'll come up again and again through this conversation, I imagine. Like, as far as health is concerned, there's no benefit um, to being vegan or vegetarian over eating a well-balanced omnivorous diet. And like to say that it's even harder to eat a healthy, well-balanced diet as a vegan, not so much as a vegetarian, but as a vegan than it is to do it as an om omnivore. So by cutting out things that you can eat in your diet, it's actually 
unless you know what you're doing, probably detrimental for health to go vegan. Unless yeah. you're like coached by someone who knows what they're doing or actually know what you're doing yourself. Mm. Mm. To add to that, um, I've heard a lot of people uh, go vegetarian or vegan because they think it will help them with their weight loss. And let's say somebody's eating 2,000 calories a day and 500 of those calories is coming from meat. If they're not replacing those 500 calories with something like a duh, guess what's going to happen, mate? Mm. Um, but you yeah. can also be vegan and be overweight because Oreo is a vegan. Like Oreo is vegan. Uh, they make vegan everything now, um, depending on the country you're in. But most countries have vegan ice cream, vegan cookies, vegan uh-huh. cakes. Like, I saw um, vegan prawns the other day. What's a vegan prawn? It was some form of soy pate mixed into the shape <laughs> of a prawn and then coloured so that it looked like it had the distinctive, like almost like tiger stripes. Oh, that's on it. incredible. And the fat percentage was 25% for a Holy fuck. <laughs> that's like a chocolate percentage. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think what you said there's super important, dude, because like that we would never argue that you couldn't be healthy and vegan. You couldn't be healthy and vegetarian. You couldn't be mm-hmm. healthy and omnivorous. You probably can't be very healthy and carnivorous. No. Um, yeah. But the the biggest take home for me with anyone who's deciding to go vegan outside of the ethical is that it's possible but it requires more thought Mm. so no one's saying that you shouldn't or you can't but rather you need to think about it yeah yeah for sure yeah even if your reasoning is ethical it's still something you need to think about like it's all well and good to put other beings animals whatever in front of yourself and that's essentially or at least elevating them to the same level, which is essentially what you're doing if you're doing it from an ethical point of view or an animal ethical point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't mean that your health should deteriorate. Um, I think if that is the way you're going to go, as I said, doing it with enough knowledge or with someone who has enough knowledge is super important. Yeah. In a second, I'm going to ask you to elaborate on where people might go wrong, but I want to also outline that there's a middle ground Um, as a, at the age of eight, I decided that eating animals didn't sit well with me. And so for a period of, I don't know, I think about seven years, I was a vegetarian. Um, and shamefully, a Mac, the smell of a Macca's cheeseburger, <coughs> I ate one and, and it was all over. But I, I recently, I bet that never sat well with me ethically because I, I just didn't like eating animal body parts because I was hungry, knowing that it's a very unregulated industry and that my consumption of meat came from so much suffering. So Mm. the middle ground that I found um, is that I just reduce my intake of meat. So when I eat out with Dean, because Dean's a a meat eater, or with friends, I eat meat when I eat out, um, or if someone offers me meat, but I don't actually go and purchase meat myself. I just eat like meat or or protein products like corn, Mm Q-U-O-R-N, not Mm C-O-R-N. Um, or tofu or egg whites, which is obviously not a vegan product, but a Mm. free range egg white is a vegetarian Mm -hmm. product. So I'm reducing my intake, um, instead of going full hashtag Nick. Um, (laughs) so anyone's out there and thinks, Oh, I just couldn't, I couldn't ever give up meat. You could reduce your intake by swapping chicken for another protein product Mm. and corn Q U O R N have some awesome, good quality, high fiber, high protein, low fat products. Yeah. Um, on the market. Yeah, we're super lucky here in Australia. I think there's an abundance of available foods that you can now utilize within a diet to be either vegan yeah. or vegetarian or a reducer or a hashtag add meat, which is the new movement. Yeah. And um, if you give no fucks about animals, which is, you know, a personal choice, then there's an environmental perspective. Hmm. That you but the corn, I mean, corn actually tastes quite legit. I mixed it with, I've had it on its own. I've had it on pizza. And I've also had it mixed through mints. There's like a 50-50 mix. Mm-hmm. And... I couldn't even tell the difference. Yeah. But if you don't want to, that's okay too. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's, um, and, and initially when I started making the transition to, to not eating any animal products, initially I was just like, right, I don't want to go like full hog. I was just like, if there's an alternative, I'll use it. Mm. And then as I was going, I was like, Fucking hell, I'm pretty much using an alternative for everything. The last thing to change was protein powder because as far as I've been able to find, vegan protein powder sucks, especially compared to whey. Like it's not even close to the same macros or consistency. Yeah. Um it's if you poured a bit of sand in your whey protein shake, it would probably be similar to that. And remove um, the sweetness. 
Yeah, and remove the sweetness and also fuck with the macros. And, then, and you got to lick a broccoli after every mouth. <laughs> it kind of has that, just that little bit of a green tinge. I know. I drink vegan protein powder too, Nick, and I do it with a peg on my nose. It doesn't taste terrible, but it's just not the no. same, is it? I'm going to say the one that we actually have is salted caramel. It's pretty sweet and delicious. And when you mix it with chocolate almond milk, woo, it's good. I don't know. Even, I know Dom listens to this because he loves a podcast. Dom <laughs> He doesn't, but should he ever, he'll be he'll be happy to know that he's made a uh, an appearance on here, and that is that uh, he is a big meat guy. He's like black and blue, just will never give it up, right? But yep. I gave him this um, vegan protein shake, it's like a pea brown rice combo thing with chocolate, mm. and he thought it was legitimately delicious. Did he? And I was like, haha, ah. we've even got somebody semi converted. Oh, I don't know about it's that. It's not true. It's Dumb not true. It's not converted convert. at all. But anyway. <laughs> but, um, that's the thing, though, is, is making just some changes is better than making no changes. Like, 100%. rather than sitting in your meat field corner being like, I'm never going to change. Like, if you changed one thing, like, from an environmental perspective, like, the difference between eating all meat and eating all meat apart from beef is humongous. It's almost mm. as big as eating no meat. Like, there are vegan items like protein items that take have more of an environmental impact than um, some meat items. So if you're doing it from an environmental standpoint, or if you care about that at all, then even just checking your beef consumption mm. has a massive impact on the environment. Like if I, like I don't have any stats in front of me, but if more people did that, then there would be like far less of all the things that they list off in all the vegan documentaries about the environment. Like, they pretty much all focus on when they talk about environment is um, the beef industry and potentially the like the dairy industry because obviously they come from the same animal, um, but they don't really look at the environmental impact on from other animals because it's not that like significant. significant they look at the ethical like just do you care about animals side of it when you're looking at like chickens or pigs or whatever. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I really don't like the the notion of ah, oh, what does my one <clears throat> change make a difference to the world? Because mm. you know that small change applied to millions of people makes a big change. Absolutely. Um, so, like, I'm quite happy to reduce too, because like I've always been a big meat eater, and it's not necessary for me to kilo a day. I could eat 500 yeah. grams plus 500 grams of alternatives. So. There's, there's plenty of things. Microprotein is actually really cool, which is the, the protein utilized in corn. When I did a bit of research mm -hmm. on it, amino acid profile is unreal for one. Uh, yep. 7% fiber? I believe it's derived from the fermentation process of a mushroom sort of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about it was is it's 100% carbon neutral. So like it's, yeah. it's an amazing food source. It's mm. really cool. But Nick, you mentioned at the beginning that you don't like to use the word vegan. You like to go with maybe mm -hmm. plant-based diet. Is that what you want, meat-free diet? Plant-based, uh, like if people say what I eat, I just say I don't eat animals. Like yes. it's the easiest so, way to get around it. What do you mean by, I think I know what you mean, but just to be clear, mm. what do you mean by vegans have ruined it? Um, well, not all vegans are like this in the same way that not all carnivores are dicks about it and <clears throat> not all Muslims carry around really heavy backpacks, for example. They do, but, don't they? I thought that they... But... Oh. I have experience. But they're... <laughs> there are some bad ones out there who ruin it for the rest, just like the other examples. Um, and unfortunately in the nutrition industry, which just happens to be the industry that I work in, they get an even worse um, reputation because they're out there essentially misleading um, people and cherry picking information and only giving one side of the story um, and using that to try and convince people. And I think there's a line between giving people enough information so they can make an informed decision and giving people just the information you want to try and influence their decision. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for the most part, uh, the vegan documentaries and the vegan zealots are crossing that line too often. And it's being noticed by more and more people like this, the whole like evidence-based movement, which more people and more people and more people are calling themselves out now and actually looking at evidence and, I think the evidence that this is being done by the vegan community and the vegan zealots is way too easy to find. Like they're not even hiding it well. Um, and I, so they're being called out by people who I wouldn't consider evidence-based because they can't actually like 
differentiate between good evidence and bad evidence, but the evidence is so clear um, of what these people are doing that even people who don't know what they're talking about are able to come up with a coherent enough argument against um, some of the claims that are being made. And I just think for me, like it's hard to call myself evidence-based and to call myself vegan without inviting a shit ton of questions that I'm sick of answering. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's such a shame, isn't it? Because usually uh, the, the loudest voice are the ones that get noticed. And you're right. You could say yeah. that for any group, Muslims, Christians, feminists, vegans, whatever. Yeah. There's, there's the neutral mass or majority. And then there's the few idiots that sit on the side, but they're the ones that scream the loudest and get noticed yeah. the most. And then they kind of dirty the name for everyone. And that, that is it's, such a shame. It's not even screaming the loudest. Like, even if they weren't screaming the loudest, like, not all Catholic priests touch little boys, but the general, like, consensus and the reason why, like, for example, that religion in particular has lost popularity over the last, say, 30 years is because of, the bad media that comes around it and just in the industry that I'm in, um, there's a lot more bad, um, stuff published about the people and the, um, companies and stuff behind these movements. than there is good stuff. Yeah. Mm. So tell us some of the, uh, claims in, what was that recent documentary? Um, game changes or just things that you've seen on social media, reasons that people turn vegan that you think is misleading. Okay. So, um, Game changes, it's kind of been taken out of context. Like you got to remember that the whole point of the film and it is that it's a film, it's not a documentary as much as they try and portray it as one. Um, but the whole point of it is to show that you can perform well um, eating a wholly plant-based diet. And they actually, a lot of the stuff that they use in that is just vegetarian. Like the studies have been done on vegetarians, not vegans. Um, so that's, but they don't tell you that in the documentary, you have to actually go and look up the papers that they flash up on the screen and um, discern that for yourself. And again, if you don't know what you're doing when you're looking at papers, you might still read that and believe the claims that are made. But essentially um, the whole point of that is that you can perform well um, on a plant-based diet, but yeah. And then they pretty much just line up their argument from there. Um, keep in mind that they, uh, pretty much based the whole documentary on like, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but the first study they look into is this study into Roman gladiators and how, and they pretty much pull from that, that the gladiators were vegan. Well, the data that they showed, even when you just watch the movie, they're like, yeah, the more vegetables you eat, the higher this certain mineral is in your bones. Uh-huh. And then they did this like cross-sectional analysis and like ran it through, um, microscopes, I don't know. I'm not that kind of scientist. Um, but they basically checked the mineral density of bones from a gladiator burial site, which to be fair, could have been anyone. Um, and found that it was high in that mineral. So they're like, Oh, high in that mineral, they're vegans, but it, it's not like you eat one piece of meat and that mineral drops off. Like you could just have a high vegetable intake or a high plant food intake and also eat meat and still have, um, you know, that high of a mineral density, whatever that mineral is. Um, and then it, even from there, when you actually look at the historical data on gladiators, they were intentionally fed more to be fatter so that they could bleed and not like, you know, if you get cut and you're, you know, shredded, like, you know, covered in dick skin, like Dean was when he was on stage, <laughs> you get cut by a sword, your guts fall out. Whereas if you've got like a couple of inches of fat on you, then you just open up and you bleed and you can probably be saved. Yeah. Um, and they're not going to spend years and money training these gladiators. So they last one fight, you know, um, uh, the other like even just, I think is they've tried to draw a parallel between a gladiator being an amazing athlete and they probably were for when they were around. But I suppose if we even compared them to the requirements of an athlete in a high end physical based sport right now, it's likely probably less. I mean, people now don't die in their sport but the physical demands in which we place on them as athletes on a week-to-week basis is far beyond that but um i actually uh took the time to listen to the debate between the producer 
of that and uh, Chris Gresser, who's a bit of a... On Joe Rogan. Yeah, a bit of a primal eating paleo-esque type. Uh, mm-hmm. He calls it a Nutribore diet. God, that was diet. painful to listen to. Um, it, he's not my favourite guy either. Oh. But I mean, the, the argument essentially stood is that let's not look at mechanistic studies. Let's look at outcomes. And the outcomes simply just suggest that more plants is good. <clears throat> but eating some meat probably won't hurt you. But yeah. somehow, it's not sexy. That's why it doesn't sell. Somehow, I think a lot of people are getting lost in the weeds, trying to argue all of the semantics of each individual sort of thing and the potential mechanistic issues of, you know, whether or not you want to eat a high saturated fat, uh, high saturated fat diet from meat versus a plant-based diet versus not. And they're just missing the forest for the trees and not recognizing that all we need to focus on is that plant-centric approach is the best approach yeah but plants yeah. could still mean plants plus meat i think mm, it's also, of course it does yeah I, I think it's important to also realize that we can't group people as meat eaters and non-meat eaters mm. there's so many other variables that come into play that affect yeah. people's health and weight and yeah. general well-being than just if they eat meat or not so that's not fair to group definitely um i think most people if they knew what they were talking about um, and even some people who don't know what they're talking about, if you said you can only eat veg like plant food or you can only eat meat, everyone would agree that you would be healthier if that's all you ate. If it's all whole food um, and not fortified with any vitamins, I think everyone can agree that you would probably survive longer on just eating plants. Mm-hmm. Like it, that's pretty black and white. Like there's the argument between carnivores and vegans done and dusted can everyone stop talking about it and that would be amazing yeah um (laughs) full stop but yeah and i like i think the only um logical argument for going vegan or vegetarian is ethical Mm -hmm. and you can tell that's the only logical argument because it doesn't matter who has tried to debunk game changers and i've been sent so many videos of people debunking game changers as if i was the fucking host of the documentary (laughs) or a producer or something but I've been seeing so many videos and everyone just starts by going, let's ignore the ethical implications. Well, Mm. that's the only reason. Like, that's like exactly like in the documentary when they're going, let's ignore the science and the implications of the science. Like, it's exactly the same thing. Like, Mm. it's one of the reasons you would use and everybody's just ignoring a part of it Mm. and not paying attention to the whole picture like everyone they, they're just trying to make it meet their bias even people who call themselves scientists like lane norton and um holly did this massive like 40 minute breakdown of game changers and now i've seen it been shared by so many people who claim to know what they're talking about and don't actually know what they're talking about literally within the first minute they're just like oh the first minute of the actual review of the documentary yeah they're like oh let's just um look at this without looking at the ethical side of it well why what other reason would you have for going vegan like if you know anything if you even just have a logical mind even if you don't understand science if you just look at it from a logical perspective that's the only reason to go vegan or to stop eating animal products or even reduce your intake like people aren't out there reducing their intake of meat like even you dean like you're not doing it because you fucking hate animals like if you hated animals you'd probably keep doing it like you're doing it from a compassionate point of view, from an empathetic point of view, from, you know, that point of view. And to say, let's ignore that is exactly like saying, let's ignore the science yeah. or there, there know, let's ignore also, the health. Yeah. It's fuck. It's frustrating though, isn't it? But um, there would be, I, I don't know how much credit we can give Dean for being a meat reducer. Because I, I wouldn't classify myself to be one. I'm open to trying things that aren't meat derived yeah. in replacement for it. If it's something that I enjoy and it's semi-convenient, which it kind of is now. So like, I just don't want to give Dean too much credit yeah, no, here no, is what I'm either. saying. Um, I'll, well, t- I'll take all the credit though. Thanks. I'll even put that and I'll <laughs> say that my entire um, uh, argument, it's not even an argument, my entire uh, rhetoric, I suppose, around this when people <clears> talk about it, is it so I say, I'm willing to admit that I'm selfishly choosing to, to eat meat for my own preference. Yep. And I think unless you're, unless you're prepared to sit, uh, sit back and say, I'm selfishly doing that, then you probably don't even deserve the right to eat them. Uh, but, oh, I, but I recognize that I'm selfish true. in my choices. Like I do, because it's kind of like, it's, you know, some people 
I'll tell you, to flip back, the reason why people don't want to um, engage in the ethical conversation is because you can't argue with ethics. It's an yeah. inconvenient it's a, it's truth. It's a personal choice. Like, mm. I can't argue with you. I could say that ethically I don't believe that to be true and your answer will be like, that's cool, I do. Mm. And like, that's the debate done. So like, no one wants to do that because it's such an easy conversation. Yeah. Exactly. You don't see, like, Joe Rogan's not getting, you know, somebody who has good ethics and someone who has different ethics. So I shouldn't say good and different because it sounds like different is just a, a supplement for bad. A certain... Um, looking at this and a certain way of looking at it from the other point of view <clears throat> and their ethics are different. Like nobody's getting people listening to that podcast because they just go, Oh, we disagree. Oh, excellent. Cool. And that's it today, guys. Here's some messages from our sponsors. Like <laughs> um, nobody wants to listen to that. So people aren't giving the airtime to that. Um, and I firmly put myself in the non zealot part of any of these categories. Like <clears throat> even, in the evidence-based world. Like I would consider myself to be an evidence-based practitioner. However, if somebody says to me, I like doing whatever, and it's not backed by the evidence. In fact, there's even evidence to suggest that it might not be optimal. If they think that's getting them results, that's probably, if they stop doing it, gonna hamper their results. Like mm -hmm. just from a placebo effect. And who am I to tell you that, you know, x y and z thing that you're doing or thing that you're eating that you fully believe is getting your results or improving your results is any different like we can discuss it but if you're set on that and that's what you want to do fill your boots man like i've come across that with bcaas where i've had clients tell me that you know the bcaas is so important to their energy when they train and their endurance during mm. their training sessions and I don't want to like burst their bubble and squash their dreams by saying, well, actually, this <clears throat> suggests that you're drinking just delicious flavored water and wasting your money mm. because yeah. then they might feel like that superpower that they have in a shaker bottle. They've lost that superpower now because placebo is a yeah. very powerful thing. I had the exact conversation with the consult yesterday and I said, here they said, oh, which one should I drop? Which one should I keep? I'm like, finally, BCAAs, you could drop them. Evidence suggests no benefit for muscle growth. But if you like yeah. the flavor and it makes you train good, keep it in if you're happy to spend the money on it. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. yeah, I do. And I'm like, cool, dude. Keep having like, it. It's, not, it's not harmful. But, but um, um, exactly. yeah, while, while we're um, still on the topic of, of meat eating and Dean not having too much credit for being a meat reducer, <laughs> um, there's still a more ethical way or a less harmful way to consume meat. And that would be buying uh, free ranged eggs. Although that's sometimes problematic as well, because mm. there's not a lot of regulation, um, you know, and, and not having caged eggs or having RSPCA approved chicken, again, slightly problematic, not perfect, but better than consuming the $2 cheaper a kilo meat where mm. the chickens have been treated very poorly. Yeah, I just um, yeah, for sure. I think if we could generate a movement where people started to get back to the roots of supporting local butchers uh, and people that provide meat in a sustainable manner, then we'd likely find that we'd get a reduction just via price. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'd likely find that people become a little bit more aware of the animals in which they're consuming. And I think that's a positive thing. You can't be really mad at that. Um, yeah. I imagine if there was a tax based on the environment, environmental impact of the animal you're eating like the price of certain animals would go up and therefore the consumption of those animals would go down and it would start to balance itself anyway. Um, mm. But in fact, there's actually a, most governments provide support to farmers and therefore they subsidize part of the cost of meat and or dairy or whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, and you know, that is what it is. There's like, that's just how things work. That's like, if that didn't happen, then those industries wouldn't have thrived when they needed to in you know, that point of human history and we wouldn't be where we are now. Um, and it's, it's pretty basic there. I think the argument for um, you know, ethically raised animals or whatever, you're still going to have people who don't want to kill an animal so they can eat. Um, but it would still reduce the consumption of you know, from all the other people who do want to kill animals so they can eat. Um, and hopefully not actively. I don't think there's anyone out there who's like, yes, kill that animal. Um, mm. But you never know. And then as far as like eggs are concerned, you know, like ethically, I don't think there's any issue with eating eggs from like a farm or whatever. But 
and I joke about this fairly regularly, but you know, you look at someone who's a higher level vegan and they'll go, Oh, um, you know, that's minerals in the shell, the shell that the animal's using to produce that egg and they should get them back. And I'm like, well, do you go to your girlfriend and just be like, Oh, can you just suck on your tampon again and just get those minerals back? Like that's not really how it works, but no. you know, different people have their different ideals and their different ethics. That's the um, most disgusting example. <laughs> that's going to go, that's going to be the little clip that I put at the start of the, the but show. That's we're not afraid to talk about periods here. We're not, we're not. afraid to talk about You know about what is incredible, just quick side shoot, is the amount of amazing gifts on Instagram available when you type in tampon. Yeah. Because I, ce- I was celebrating a period return, a t- return event. Yeah client post bodybuilding the other day and you do you know a bit of a cheer like woohoo you've got yep. something back that you wish you never had to have <laughs> but i tell people shut up um and man there were some good gifts yeah my favorite one is the little cartoon woman um surfing on a pad yeah um good. dean's favorite one is a tampon like, like a rocket ship like rocket shipping up to sky yeah, they've yeah. even got christmas ones now they've got um, up to sky up to yeah, yeah up to, up to sky. <laughs> blow ho ho <laughs> it was it was very good um anyway nick a couple of tips like so someone who wants to move let's just say we've got some listeners here that are interested in potentially becoming a reducer of meat or a vegan shifting into vegan or non-animal product eating <laughs> to avoid the term we need, a good, we need a good acronym for that um then uh what would your tips be like what do you what's an easy way for them to transition or something that they should consider when they're moving anything that they think they need to, that you think they need to worry about um okay so i would say when you start or even before you start get your bloods done um check your base level like your basic blood test will find all that but if you just tell your doctor that you're looking specifically for um your vitamin mineral levels of things that might change by changing your diet um they'll get you the right thing and if you get that and then especially for the first maybe year of the transition is to regularly check that again so maybe every like three or six months um keep going back to that and checking and comparing the results and then supplementing where appropriate or like even before supplementing is increase those foods in your diet but usually you'll find if you're doing it properly and you're eating mostly whole foods you're probably getting enough of most of the things you can get enough of by just eating excuse me by just eating um enough vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds and whatever. Um, and then outside of that, it would be things like B12. Um, and that's not going to reduce in everybody. <clears throat> Don't know what's wrong with my voice. That's not going to reduce in everybody. Um, but in a lot of people, it will. And it's something that you need to be aware of because if that gets too low, you're looking at serious, serious health implications. Um, and if you notice that it's dropping in that first three months, it won't crash in that first three months anyway. Um, if you notice it is dropping, start supplementing B12. If you notice that, you can't keep your iron up with the types of foods that you are eating and you can't, um, you don't enjoy foods that maybe are higher in iron or whatever other mineral you might be um, becoming deficient in supplement it. Like there's nothing wrong with supplementing stuff and people are doing it, whether they eat solely plant-based, whether they eat solely meat, like people are supplementing regardless. Like your mom or your grandma is probably supplementing in some way, shape or form. Um, and probably should be supplementing with creatine. But um, outside of that, like they're probably taking a multivitamin or even iron or whatever. Like there's so many supplements out there that people just don't consider to be supplements. Um, But basically if you are supplementing something you're not getting enough of, it's in the name. Um, And so outside of that, nailing your protein consumption. So finding protein options that you like eating that you enjoy eating that are economically affordable um that are readily available because the first thing to drop when people stop eating meat and especially if they also stop eating dairy products is their protein consumption and as we know protein is super important not just for body composition and performance but also for health like um people go dangerously low on their protein consumption when they stop eating meat and animal products like they just don't replace it like as you said before lizzie like these are the people who lose weight when they're doing it because they're not replacing the calories that they were getting like yeah it's pretty pretty obvious but and the composition making... of the weight lost might not be ideal the composition might isn't going to be 100 percent fat if 
they're right. dropping their protein. Mm. Yeah. Like if you're going below that 0.8 grams per kilo, you're in danger of like actual protein deficiency. And I know it gets um, joked about all the time in the vegan community that um, you've never seen anyone who's protein deficient. No, we haven't because they normally are concentrating on their protein intake. But also you've got to keep in mind that all of your muscle stores are essentially, and this is something that I've been thinking about for a while, but your muscle is essentially a amino acid storage area. Like, yeah, we use it for other things. Like it has um, contractile abilities, unlike fat, but like if your body needs amino acids and you're not eating protein, it will take it from your muscles in the same way as if your body needs fat or energy and you're not eating enough, it will take it from your fat stores. Um, yep. Just and yeah, it's essentially just a reservoir. And if you go long enough, you will get to a point where you don't have any spare amino acids and you will go into protein deficiency. Luckily, most people have eaten enough protein throughout their life or, and had enough um, mechanical tension across their muscles throughout their life that they can store more protein than what they're probably going to end up going deficient in based on the fact that they probably are getting close to that 0.8 anyway. Yeah. Um, like it would take years and years and years and years to actually dwindle that down unless they were already coming from an area of deficiency like eating disorder or something like that. And that's where you get into real trouble is people going from eating disorders. A lot of them can go, can be like, Oh, I'm cured, but I'm also now a vegan. It's like, no, you're just restricting in a different way and trying to hide that from everyone. Yeah. And now you're in actual danger of, you know, vitamin or mineral deficiency or even uh, macronutrient deficiency. Yeah. Mm. I've heard people claim that you don't need to like, you know, fruits and veggies are all you need and there's protein in everything. There's protein in nuts, there's protein in vegetables. Yeah, dude, but such a small amount in order yep. to get, you know, the 0.8 uh, grams of protein per kilo of body weight. If you do that through almonds, God damn, you're going to be eating so much fat that, mm. you know, the calories are going to be so high. You're going to be gaining weight. Well, if you're getting that from broccoli, there's, four grams of protein per 100 grams of broccoli try eat enough protein from that you're just going to shit yourself from so much fiber like hmm. it's just it's not going to work out well for you yeah the great thing well, is that even there's more available sources that hopefully allow people to uh get a higher percentage of protein per mouthful of food but i think yeah. um i think they're two really good tips those two which are awesome but i oh, think what yeah. about nick's other tip trying to get eating eating peanut butter yeah. for the protein <laughs> is like watching porn for the plot was your favorite thing you ever said? It's possibly <laughs> my favorite thing anybody's ever said. It was a moment of brilliance. Um, <laughs> I can't remember who inspired it, but I saw someone say something about like, oh, what was it? Was uh, it, it was eating something else for something else? No, it wasn't game. This was well before game changes. I was too, because they use peanut butter as their their um, example for how you could get twenty odd grams of protein from uh, five tablespoons of tea but. Uh, peanut butter i think in two slices of bread or something like oh that my worked God. out to be and it was like and yeah look you can but that's still calorically dense as hell and that's the daily yeah. calories for a small female yeah but anyway <laughs> and it's literally that's my whole issue with that documentary or that film is that they try and convince people of that by leaving out the information that is pertinent is that that is far more calories than the alternative they're comparing it to mm. um and so, like, heaps of people, like, I, I got an unbelievable amount of messages about that one example. They're like, oh, you can't get the same amount of protein from a peanut butter sandwich as you can from a steak. And I was like, you can. No, you can't. And I just sent them on my fitness pal. I screenshotted it because I got that many. I was like, here's a peanut butter sandwich. Here's the amount of protein in it. Oh, but look at the calories. I was like, did they mention calories? Did you mention calories when you first messaged me? No. Like, you're just as much of an idiot as the person who decided to put that in the film. Yeah. How frustrating that you're copying the blame for game changes when you don't even really agree. Imagine with if it. you didn't have a Viking beard, you would, you'd get way more. That's um, I would definitely get way more. Final comment I just wanted to make on this and then we'll move into our final round is uh, the important aspect that you mentioned about the blood work is that please recognize that if you're talking to somebody who's since gone vegan or vegetarian, or any dietary actually uh, modality in this particular uh, argument that I'm going to have is if they've shifted into it within the last three months and they talk about the, uh, the amazing things that it's provided for them and the fact that they've got better blood work and all the kind of positives that they're experiencing. That's cool. It's been three months. You've lived for 30 years, mm -hmm. 
show me again in another three years time. So like, I think there's a big misconception now where people shift into something and then they say like, you can be a good athlete and vegan and you can, but don't use the sprinter that's been a sprinter for 15 years on a normal uh, <clears throat> diet, you know, an omnivorous diet and then say they're still performing equally as well. You know, we need to look at them after they've controlled that new uh, diet for an extended period of time. 100%. And I think that the whole athlete argument, I think personally is flawed. Um, I would attribute some of my current injuries um, to the change in diet. And there's no like, like obviously I'm N equals one, um, but that's the biggest thing that's changed in <clears throat> my life apart from getting older. Um, and it's like since stopping eating all animal products, I've had countless tendon injuries, nothing else, mm. no like muscle tears or anything like that, but tendons, my tendons are ruined. Um, and they're just not recovering. Like I've had a knee injury for over a year now and it's not bad enough to operate. Um, but it's bad enough that I can't play a game without limping for a couple of days afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I would put that down purely to the lack of collagen and <clears throat> that like group of amino acids in what I'm eating. And like, even if you look at the research, they're starting to show that you can like get tendon hypertrophy <clears throat> from specific collagen or um, even gelatin intake. But unfortunately, they are animal products and there's no current alternative to animal products in there. And I think, <clears throat> I actually think as far as performance is concerned, they would be better off putting, instead of trying to find a meat substitute that's grown in a lab, they'd be better off finding a collagen substitute that's grown in a lab. Mm. And then like people like myself would have an option for supplementing that because you cannot get it. Uh, in your diet if you know any animal products yeah the only alternative here is to take all the drugs so <laughs> we're circling back around to that uh, BPC. i wonder if um high dose glycine or something might be worth it worth considering well so from what i've seen in the research they've done a, like control versus glycine versus i think it was gelatin not even collagen and <clears throat> the glycine was well at the dose that was in the study was no different to control yeah right yeah mm. Yeah, mm, yeah. We'll, we'll, un we'll unpick that one on the next one, the next instalment with Nick the Viking. Nick the Viking. If, if you guys are just listening and not actually watching, Nick is a Viking because of his amazing facial hair. Yes, it's true. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. it's fallen off the top of his head to the bottom of his yeah, face. You've got an inverted, yeah. inverted throat. I uh, grew it upside down. Um, what did you say? Someone in a restaurant the other day said, I was like the... Oh. Does they say, so they say, um, oh no, we were, Dean and I were having dinner and somehow we got talking to the waiter about Nick. I don't know. No, how. it was about her beard. I don't know. Whatever. And then we we, said we showed the waiter. About her beard. Yeah. <laughs> her beard. <laughs> we showed the waiter a picture of your beard and he said that you look like a young buff Santa. Yes, that's it. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> oh, all right let's 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 wrap it up into the final round of questions mm -hmm. now for those playing at home nick is the genius behind the editing of our podcast so he knows what's coming but nick <clears throat> if you had to solve any mystery that's currently a mystery in this world what would it be that is super broad but in the um in the same vein of what we were just talking about, I think um, if my career goes the way I want it to, I would like to solve this whole collagen mystery um, purely just for my own benefit. Like it will probably benefit other people as well. But um, from a selfish point of view, I think if you spoke to enough people that were high enough in sport, and I think at the moment, the way things are going, more and more people are going to start making decisions about their food based on their ethics. Um, I think there'll be need for it in the future to actually have an alternative for collagen. And then even if you look at like all of the plans people have for, you know, what happens after somebody nukes somebody and we all have to live underground, um, you know, they can pretty much supplement everything apart from gelatin or mm. collagen. And, and once they run out of their gelatin supplies, how would they reproduce that? Or well, they can pretty much reproduce everything, um, but not collagen at the moment. So I guess that would be something that I think would be worth my time. 
I like that answer. Now, um, I usually like before we start the podcast and press record to have all these tabs open with like the segments <clears> in order. And Dean's like, no, nah, it's fine. We don't need to. <laughs> and so Dean actually skipped ahead, Marge. We're supposed to start with something worth sharing. (laughs) Oh, that is true. I did jump the gun. And Dean skipped ahead. See, this is an example of where I'm always right and Dean's always wrong. (laughs) So do you have anything worth sharing, Nick? Something you've watched, listened to, heard, read, something like that? (sighs) It's a tough one um, because most of my watching revolves around, you know, it's essentially what this video is like watching podcasts or maybe it's not on Netflix apart from that stuff. Uh, it's basically watching people talk um, about stuff that most people aren't interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a hard one. I think as far as books, the power of now is pretty good. Um, yeah. It's a good read for anyone who can't focus well focus on the now, like people who are with anxiety or depression or um, even people with just tendencies in those um, areas would be, would benefit from reading that. Um, I found the information really good. Um, Not that I found I got much help from it because I don't really um, have those issues because I'm very good about thinking about the now. As you guys will know, um, you know, if I have to pre-plan something, I'm not the best. Um, I'm pretty good at doing it when I get around to doing it though. Um, and so I think the power of now could be really helpful for a lot of people. Um, whether it was helpful for me or not, I think that's probably off the top of my head. You need to read the power of the future then might be more helpful. All right. That can be the next ebook. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing. Um, do you have an embarrassing gym moment that you think we could all squirm at? Or rugby moment, given rugby specific. Um, I guess as a rugby player, I don't really get embarrassed about that much. When I was playing in the Northern Territory, um, we played in the wet season. It would be like 40 degrees and pissing down rain. And uh, there's one game where I really needed to piss and I was already drenched. So I was like, oh, fuck it. And I just stood there in the defensive line and pissed myself. Um, But again, not embarrassing because I'm not embarrassed about it. Um, Usually it's other people who get embarrassed. Um, So I have an embarrassing story about someone else. um, But, and I won't name them so they shouldn't get embarrassed. No, you should Um, name them. Please do. Well, I haven't actually asked permission to... Uh, tell the story but um the first gym that i ever worked in we were we had like a weekly barbell club and one pretty attractive girl kept coming she was learning how to squat and all that stuff. and she just happened to be a similar height to me so we would share a squat rack that's a tall girl um, holy mm. shit she like i would go from like two hooks lower but most of the people like it's powerlifting so most of the people were like really short with really like short arms and massive chests. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so we would share this rack and um, she was still learning form and stuff. So I'd be spotting her. And then as she went down for what would have been like a PB squat and she got it up to be fair to her, but as she hit the bottom, her leggings just completely disintegrated. Um, and I'm just standing behind her and she's in the thong and I'm just like, Oh God. And then in the end I did the rest of the session in my undies and she did it in my shorts. Yes. Oh, that's such a gentleman thing to do. I love that. That's awesome. Did she realize at the time that her tights had exploded? Yeah, we both kind of realized and I was like, you've got to get this up. So <laughs> what we can you do? Finished. It's the quickest yeah. way to remove the embarrassment. I hope your eyes were looking forward. I was completely on the, on the barbell. Oh, and it didn't sure. even look down. It was yeah. close. He felt skin. Is your, is your missus listening? Is that why you're saying that? Uh, yeah, I imagine she will be. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it was Hermione. And uh, this time it wasn't. This time it wasn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I just kept eye contact the whole time and ignored it until she said something. And then I was like, yeah, here you go. And we just moved on. Stop staring at you. Were you wearing cool undies at least? <laughs> I think they were kind of cool. The the guy who was spotting me didn't want to spot me anymore, though. So I don't think they were very, uh, they were pretty revealing, I imagine. <laughs> That's so funny. Wearing a mankini to the gym is a bad idea. <laughs> oh, Especially that day. <laughs> it feels oh. good, but it doesn't look good. <laughs> Seeing as I jumped the gun, I can ask the second question now. But All we're right. into that phase, right? What's the second question? The second question is why would we be the best gym? 
Oh, yeah. So, Nick, if you were to be arrested and none of your family or friends knew about it, what do you think they would think you got arrested for? They would 100% think that I got arrested for overseeing a visa or um, you know, any number of immigration crimes because that's probably the closest I've ever been to being arrested would be overstaying a visa as well. Like, that bores me senseless. I was hoping for something. I thought for exciting. sure it was going to be something to do with nudity or public. Oh, I was hoping for something no. crazy. If um, I haven't been arrested for public nudity already, I'm never getting arrested for public nudity. <laughs> <laughs> You've played the game long enough to know what you can get away with. That's funny. Exactly. Um, now your would you rather my favorite segment of every podcast. Um, they're always filthy because I make them all up and true. I'm disgusting. Would you rather never be able to manscape your situation or mm -hmm. never be able to wear deodorant? Well, as a card carrying vegan, I don't do either. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would obviously choose to wear deodorant because the other people around me don't deserve that. Oh, no. Dean chose manscaping. Just no, didn't I, you? No, I'm saying I would, I would choose to continue to wear um, deodorant. deodorant. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm not a hairy yeah, guy. But You're not. That's true. I'm incredibly hairy. Like if, if I could grow hair on my head, I'd be covered from head to toe. Now it's nose to toes that I'm just covered in hair. Love so it. so weird, the male pattern baldness aspect in that you can get so much hair on that face, yet none on the top. Well, do you shave mm. your head or do you not grow head, hair on your head? I've actually just got head alopecia. Mm. No, I'm joking. I shave it. Oh, um, I thought it was serious. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. No. I like I can grow it to like about here, but it's just not very good looking. Receding. Um yeah, at least I've got a relatively okay shaped head. So yeah, if I had like a weird head, I'd just go like full on uh John Howard and just rock the big horseshoe. <laughs> I love it. Get the old tattoo. That's funny. Well, you know what? Um you guys both answered wrong because you could manscape and then get Botox injected under your armpits. And then you no, wouldn't part of the would you rather is that you have to retain the negative. Uh, well, it's like, yeah. you know, the monobrow. You can't shave yeah. the middle of it. All right, that's fair. Whenever that's whenever like, anyone tries to do a workaround, I was like, don't fuck up the would you rather. You have to deal with it. And then here <laughs> I am fucking it up. My old, work colleague, my old work colleague, Peter Shu, or Shue, he would absolutely choose to maintain manscaping because he believes as an Asian man that he cannot smell. Okay. And you know what? I'd probably agree with him. He doesn't smell. The first ever Christmas party he arrived to at Nutrition Warehouse, he had rolled in gi in jujitsu for two to three <laughs> hours at like one o'clock in the afternoon, right? Shows up to work at three, puts his sweaty gi on his dashboard of his car, lets that dry over the weekend. Delightful. Then he gets changed into clothes. We fly to the Gold Coast from Sydney. We arrive at five o'clock. We get to the hotel at six o'clock. Dinner's at 6.30. He doesn't shower. He just gets changed into the clothes that he needs and he rocks up to uh, the Christmas party with tape around every knuckle from his wrestling. And everyone was just like, who is this guy? Where the fuck did you bring him from, Dean? And why is he here? And that's it. Didn't shower the whole time, but he didn't smell. He was delightful. Everybody loved him. Well, thanks, Pete. Enjoy your manscaping, Pete. Good decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also imagine that as an Asian man, he probably couldn't grow that much body hair. So he, wouldn't, he could have just said neither. Mm. That is true. The thing with me is even if I even if I did manscape, my beard looks like pubic hair. So regardless, people at our house are gonna assume that I'm not trimming. It's true, he has curly yeah. beard hair. <laughs> even my beard hair, as long as it is, still looks like a really long pube. Mm. Or maybe people would assume that we filmed an eighties porno in our house. It's possible. And then this is the leftover. I, I just go around shaking. <laughs> this is just afterwards, like after the porno, everyone got shaved, and that's just what it's what's like. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Oh, well. All right. Um, now, normally, Nick, we would ask everybody where they could find you, but obviously, they can find you on our wonderful website, flexsuccess.com.au. Yep. And to stay up to date with us, we actually have released our Life After Dieting book now, which is awesome. It's mm -hmm. still currently available for sale, obviously. And the code FLEX20 is still uh, usable up until the 31st of December. 2019, depending on what year or century you're listening to. Yeah. It's the new century in a few days. Isn't it fucking crazy? Mm. That is crazy. It's crazy for me, well, for all of us, that we've been alive longer in the 2000s than we were in the 19s. Like, True. I was thinking about that the other day. I was just like, yeah. damn. Like, I really remember the 90s, but, like, there's been two, cent uh, two decades since then. Hey, we could go out to a nightclub and there could be someone that 
was born in the 2000s there. Yeah, that's weird, yeah. man. That's so weird. I feel so old. When I get questionnaires from people and it says like 1995, I'm like, oh, you're a child. Yeah. I play rugby with people who have been born in the 2000s. That's crazy. It's super weird. Yeah. That's so weird. They missed out on flip Nokia phones and like <laughs> snake and polyphonic ringtones. Oh, I remember making um, oh, some 50 Cent song on the polyphonic ringtone maker. Oh, I was a cool kid. Yeah. No, I don't have my ringtone on ever. Neither. My phone has been perpetually on silent for about four or five years. Same as But I, what I miss is typing, typing a text message using a keyboard. And if you want to type the letter C, you have to press like two, 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 three times. Yeah. Yeah. The Z is like what the nine, four times or something. Yeah. And I used to have fast thumbs typing a text message. Yeah, I feel like I've got thumb atrophy perhaps since then. Yeah. Bring yeah. back the nine. I, I just remember being able to type a text message without looking. Now, if I do that, it doesn't say anything. It's just like a big bundle of letters that don't make sense. The problem is you've got the predictive now and every time I want to say fuck, it says duck and then you just look like an idiot. (laughs) I don't ever talk about ducks, but apparently, according to my um, autocorrect, I definitely do. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) That's great. Well, Nick, thank you for your time. Um, Until next time, I would love to get you back on um, and expand on different subtopics within veganism. Hmm. Um, But yeah, hopefully listeners, you've got something out of this and maybe we've sparked an interest in reducing your meat intake or maybe not. And that's also fine. And anything that's of importance will be in the show notes as always. Mm -hmm. Thanks, everyone. Cool. Thanks, guys.